Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 92. John Happer created the system, the greatest on the planet, to change the lives of millions of people. Two years ago, he turned his proven system into an effective workbook that changes the dynamic between employees and their employers. For over 200 years, the basic dynamic between employer and employee has not changed. Way back in the 1700s, when someone was hired to come work on the farm, it was, do as I tell you and I'll pay you for it. That is the same basis we are working on still today, and it no longer works. John is a motivated speaker and a highly sought after for his expertise on the six key points to having irreplaceable employees, limiting beliefs, money, and human behavior. John Harper, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm great, and I'm so happy you are here. It's great to talk with you. I just shared with our audience and our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? Oh, excellent. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm truly honored to be on the show. It's a really, really big deal for me. And uh, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. It is an yeah. honor for me as well. Excellent. Great. So, um, you know, I think I resonate well with your listeners because I was one of them. You know, I, I was there at one point. You know, I, I had a startup. It was a while ago. And um, I'll just tell you my story really quick. Please, please do. It will be great. Perfect. In uh, way back in 1999, almost 20 years ago, I was working for a very large construction company and I was very high in that company. Even though I was very young, I had just grown up through that company very quickly. And I became the first person outside of the owners in order of rank. So there were four owners of the company and then me. And then everybody else was behind us. So I was really fighting and striving to be an owner of that company. And right out from underneath me, and I was working on a really big project at the time, they sold the company. Oh. Well, I didn't own it. So I didn't get any ownerships in the sale. Hmm. So I was very upset. Yeah. And they basically sold it to an investment uh, banker from New York City. Lehman Brothers was actually the financial. (laughs) Okay. They got their punishment, I guess. Yes, they did. They they were the financial uh, money behind the purchase. And I didn't, there was, there was a guy who, who, who had gotten the money from Lehman Brothers, but you know, it was, it was Lehman Brothers money and I didn't want anything to do with it. You know, I'm like, I, this is not who, what I want. You know, I, I want to own my own business one day. I don't want to be the top guy in a New York investment firm's construction company. Sure. That's not really what I'm looking for. Sure. So I immediately quit. 
And when I did quit, my employer tried to convince me because, you know, basically they're going to go retire. They tried to convince me to go out and start my own business. And I said, well, I'm not really ready for that. You know, I'm too young. And, you know, you tell yourself all these excuses as to why you can't do it. So I go work for another construction company. And then I realized that it's awful. It's horrible. <laughs> I cannot function here. I, I'm used to being spoiled where I'm at. You know, I mean, I'm like the number five guy in the company. You know, and then I come over here and, you know, these people are not, you know, incredibly intelligent compared to what I'm used to dealing with. So I'm now forced to go start my own business. Okay. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait until, you know, I'm older. I can't wait till I have more money. The time is right now. There is no other time. And I didn't have kids at the time. Okay. And I wasn't married at the time. So I'm, I'm 27 years old and I decide I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to go do it. So I took $1,300, which was basically all I had. I might've had a little bit more than that, but not much. <laughs> took $1,300 and I basically spent it on office supplies. Yeah. I went out and got, you know, a computer cause I didn't own one. And, and I'll tell you a funny story about the computer is the computer was actually like $650, but it came with a $500 rebate. Oh, and I cool. bought the computer because it came with a rebate. I wanted the $500 back, oh. right? Now, today, I would have never done that, right? Today, I would be like, okay, this is the best computer to buy. This is the one that I want. I'm going to go do that. I'm not worried about the $500 rebate. But back then, that $500 rebate was important. So I got my computer. I got a cell phone. I didn't. Ha I had a cell phone in 1999, but it wasn't mine. It was the company. Sure. The company owned the cell phone. The company owned the computer. I mean, basically when I left that company, I had to give up all my stuff. So now I find myself at Staples spending $1,300, you know, trying to get my business off the ground. I have to go to the printer and get business cards made, letterhead made, um, you know, things that a lot of businesses today might not be able to, might be able to get away from because they have online, right? So they might sure. not be out handing out business cards, but Back in 1999, the online was your telephone number. Sure. You didn't have, you know, Wi-Fi like we do today. Sure. So uh, I started September of 1999. I went, uh, started at zero. Yeah. I went and uh, opened up, you know, the business. From September until the end of December, I basically sat at my kitchen table. Yeah. Got on the phone, called every single person I could possibly think of. And I sold $6 million worth of work in four months. Wow. In what field? What kind of constructions? Okay. Commercial construction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what, what exactly were you selling? So I was selling my construction services to help you build a building. Okay. So, okay. so if you want, if you had a piece of property or you wanted to move your factory or you wanted to open a new store, Like one of the, one of the projects that I was able to sell during that time period. And again, I'm the owner. Okay. Sure. There's nobody else working there. So, and there wasn't, like I said, there wasn't even a desk. I'm working at my kitchen table. I don't <laughs> have a desk. <laughs> right. This is true entrepreneur, isn't it? It is. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you another story too. I've, I've told this on social media, but I've never told it in a podcast or publicly before, but I'll tell you this story too. But, um, So, so as an example, in that time period, one, a job that I sold was a uh, specialty grocery store. Okay. And I sold that job. The reason I was able to sell that job is because they needed to be open before Thanksgiving. Okay. Because that's a huge holiday for the grocery stores. 
Sure. And then even from then until New Year's. So if they missed the date, it was possible they were never going to make it. Like the store might not survive if we open January 1st. We need to be open before Thanksgiving. And uh, I went in there and sold the job and we made it happen. We got them open before Thanksgiving. But um, so I'll tell you a story that, you know, I think your listeners will resonate well with. When I started my business, September of 1999, okay, the one thing that I had the most of was time. <laughs> yeah, sure. I had a lot of time on my hands, right? I think most startup entrepreneurs go through that. And um, it's like, what do I do with my time? I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday. He's a startup entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, what are you doing with your time? He's like, well, if I don't have a customer in my face, I'm usually laying in bed watching TV. I'm oh. like, well, that's not going to do any good. <laughs> you need to reverse that program. But here's what I would do. I would get up early in the morning. I would go get a coffee. And this is, again, starting in September of 1999. I would go get a coffee. I don't know why I didn't make it at home, but I didn't. I always went to the store and bought a coffee. <laughs> okay. And I would come home and I would sit down at my uh, computer and because uh, I had one and uh, my cell phone and I would work until about noon. And again, my sole focus is trying to find a job. Okay. I'm trying to sell something. So you right? actually opened a call center, a private call center at your home kitchen. Okay. That's correct. That is correct. A one-man okay. call center. <laughs> and uh, John, where are you today? What are you most passionate about today and where are you heading? Or what, if you want to uh, complete the story, what happens since 1999 sure. until today, it will be great. Yep. So I ended up growing that business very large. Wow. And it, and it expanded out. And it had branches coming off of it in different industries. So I opened a residential construction company, branched off of that. I opened an architectural firm, branched off of that. I opened a painting company, branched off of that. So it really did well. Everything centered around the commercial construction. Yeah. Here's where I lacked, where, where I was really, really bad. And this is why I wanted to do the show, because hopefully your uh, listeners with their marketing and their expansion will one day have this problem. And they will know me and they won't have the problem. Okay. I have employed hundreds, if not thousands of people. Sure. From the time sitting down at that kitchen table until today, there's been a lot of people. And I personally have fired hundreds of people. Yeah. I've had other hundreds of people quit. So I'm sitting down in 2017 and I said to myself, my kids were at home. It was a Sunday. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, and I'm sure your listeners understand this, it, it's, it consumes you, sure. right? You think about it constantly. I can do this. I can do that. I can try this. I can try that. I'm no different. Even 20 years later, I'm no different. So I'm sitting at home and I'm like, why am I the only one that cares? Nobody else cares. Everybody else is going to come into work on Monday and they're going to work all week. They're going to get a paycheck and they're going to go home on the weekend And they're going to not care again. Okay. And why is that? How, how, how can thousands of employees of mine be wrong and I'm right? Okay. Something's missing. Something's not right here. Right? And I'm not the only person who has this problem. Other people have this problem too. So we're doing something wrong. So you're talking actually about the lack of involvement of your employees? 
Well, I'm talking about why is it that when an employee comes up to me and asks me for something, I look at that employee as if they are a liability and not an asset. Okay. Okay. Why do I not see my employees as a, as as an asset? Okay. I value money more than I value my employees at this point. Hmm. I value my customers more than I value my employees at this point. And this is wrong. My employees should be with me for my, for life. My customer should be with me as long as that transaction takes. Okay. Right? I, I need to put my value where it's important. Sure. And where it's important, the people that work for me are everything. If I lose them, I lose my ability to function. Hmm. So how did it happen when you felt it's going wrong and um, you thought something should change? How did you do that? What did you do? So I sat down and I made a list. What, what is really important to me as it relates to my employees? Okay. What do I really care about? And when I, when I, when I wrote that list, it only had six things on the list. Hmm. What was? So, and I, I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm doing this for myself at this point. Yeah. Right. I, I, I want to solve this problem in my own business. So I make a list. And the first thing on the list is the most important thing in this business is, and the most important thing in the business is the people that work there. Sure. They're the most important thing. Yeah. If I run out of customers, this team of people can go find more customers. If I run out of money, this team of people can go get us more money. If I need more marketing, this team of people can do more marketing. But if I lose this team, how am I going to service my customers? Hmm. If I lose this team, how am I going to do my marketing? If I lose this team, how am I going to get more money in the door? Sure. Right? So the, the, the employees then are the number one most important thing in the company. And in my company and in most companies, the employer doesn't realize that. And neither does the employee. The employee doesn't see themselves as valuable. They shouldn't see themselves as valuable because they're working for somebody who doesn't think they are. Yeah. So that needs to be changed. We need to tell the employee, you are valuable. The second most important thing that I care about is I need money. We have to have revenue. If I don't have sales, I can't pay employees. Sure. I can't pay the light bill. I can't pay rent. I can't pay taxes. I can't pay insurance. We have to have money. So I now need to walk up to the most important thing in the company, the employee, and tell them, help me go get some money because I need some. Okay. Number one, the value of the employee on both parts, their part and your part as the owner. Number two, we got to have sales. Mm-hmm. The third most important thing that I care about is right there, right when we get past number one and number two, You're getting to the point where you're having an employee who becomes unfireable. And when I get done with the list, you will absolutely have an employee who becomes unfireable. And there's only six things on it. But if you have an employee who understands their value and you understand their value and they're bringing money in the door, you're going to have a hard time firing them. Okay. But I'm going to go even further. This is the initial downfall of customer service complaints. And it is... follow up. We do not follow things up at work. We follow things up at home, but we don't at work. Work is dead ends all over the place. We were supposed to call this customer back. We were supposed to follow up on this proposal. We were supposed to turn in this proposal. We were supposed to go back and do this to, you know, whatever project we're working on. We don't do it. 
And the customer entered into a transaction with us because they expected a certain thing. We didn't follow up with it. And now the customer is upset. Yeah. So follow-up has to come in the list at number three. Okay. Very interesting. Number four on the list is, and this isn't just for me, this isn't just for my customers. It's for everybody, everybody who touches this organization. We want to be dealing with good, honest, ethical people. Mm. So if you let a bad seed in here, it's going to destroy the whole garden. Sure. So we have to make sure we're not dealing with drug users, liars, thieves, cheaters. We want to be dealing with good, honest, ethical people because something will get followed up. It will get followed up and you'll still get an upset customer. Yeah. And when that happens, I want to know that it wasn't done maliciously by my employee. Sure. I want to know my employee is a good person. While you might be upset, Mr. Customer, my employee is a good person. I know them. This is a, a mom, right? She's a wife. She's not a malicious person. She's not out trying to destroy your life. So I know I can support her. Okay. Very interesting. All right. Yeah. The fifth thing that I care about is we, all of us here, are on the same team. And this made the list because it was a huge problem for me in my career. Because these people, we're talking sometimes hundreds of people, are trying to get each other fired and they're vying for my attention to try to show me that the other person is useless. We would have finished this project if this person would have just done this and this and this and this. Now, I'm scatterbrained because I have a lot going on. I'm running in a bunch of different directions. I hear that come out of somebody's mouth. Oh, if they would have just done it. Oh, really? They're fired. Right? This was done intentionally. We are on the same team. I don't want to hear that somebody's not pulling their weight. What I want to hear is everybody is pulling everybody else's weight. Yeah. Let me see who not the team player is because I will see it. It'll stand out like a sore thumb if someone's not a team player. But competition is down the street. If we're internally competing with each other, what's a competition doing to us down the street? Sure. We need to be competing with them. Right now, at this point, at this point right now, we're five things into this list. I can call this employee an unfireable employee. Yeah. They understand their value. They're bringing in sales. They follow things up. They're a good human being, and they're a team player. I have enough right now to not fire them. Hmm. And I'm going to ask for one more thing. There is a sixth thing that I want on the list. The sixth thing is I want you to be trying to do more today than you did yesterday. Hmm. And I don't want you to do a different job. I just want you to do the job you're already doing better. Hmm. If you're doing that, that's the icing on the cake. You are now an unfireable employee. When you come to me and you tell me you need something, I can't tell you no. Hmm. Because if you quit, it's going to really hurt me. So I'll say we have an employee who's doing these six things. Employee comes up to me and says, John, you know what? I really tried hard this month, but I'm, I'm short $350 on my car payment. Am I going to tell them, well, good luck with that? I'm going to tell them here's the $350. Hmm. I, the last thing I want you worried about, you're, I, the last thing I want you worried about 
somebody who understands your value is bringing in sales, is following things up. You're a good human being. You're a team player. You're pushing you to do more. I do not want you worried about a $350 a month car payment. Sure. I will take care of that problem for you. But if I, as an employer, understand that my needs are being met, I can then identify whether or not that person deserves the $350 to make the car payment. Sure. John, you've been figuring this really um, very interesting. Some things are, are obvious, but there are some very nicely put and important things on this list. So you've been put in this list, and what did you do next? What was the shift? I, am, I implemented it into my own company. Okay. I told my own, my own employees, this is what we need to do. And it worked. Wow. So I said, I'm just going to write a book and I'm going to tell every employer that they need to do this. And that will not work. And the reason it will not work is because it doesn't bridge the gap of mistrust between the employer and the employee that exists today. Hmm. If the employer walks up to the employee and says, hey, we're going to implement this. That's all that is, is another pie in the sky idea, no different than the one the employer had six months ago that never went anywhere. Okay. So we need to have a bridge between the employee and the employer. And it has to be an affordable bridge, but it also does have to cost money because you want the employee to realize the employer has invested money in you. This isn't just some other pie in the sky idea they have that they're hoping is going to work. Sure. They've actually put money behind this. And, and it's a workbook. So the employee is going to open up the workbook, and chapter one in the workbook is going to describe what's going to happen in this workbook. They're going to open up chapter two. Yeah. Chapter two is going to say, you're the most important thing here. There's nothing in this company more important than you. So what you're actually saying is that the idea was that each employer that will um, decide to um, adapt this idea of, or to work this way with their employees will have the notebook and will work with that? No, they'll, so they'll just, they're just going to give it to the employee. Ah. And the employee will do anything other than purchase it. Okay. So in the work, what we're going to do is we're going to ask the employees questions, which are thought-provoking questions, yeah. very similar to the way an owner would ask himself a question, Okay. right? And then the employee is going to write down the answer to that Okay. in the workbook. Okay. Then we're going to ask the employee to actually go do it. Okay. So they become their own little CEO of the company. <laughs> okay. So we say to the employee, as an example, name 20 people who do not know where you work. Because I guarantee you it's in the hundreds. There's hundreds of people who don't know where you work. Okay. It's in the millions. We're just talking about 20 people that you know who don't know where you work. Turn the page. Name 20 people that if they did know where you work might need your services. Turn the page. Call, text, or email all of them. Tell them what you do. Because that happens all the time. Do you ever go on social media and somebody goes, hey, I need someone to paint my house? Sure. They have somebody who paints houses on their friends list already. Okay. Right? When you did this workbook, you actually looked mainly at the construction business? Initially, initially, yes, because okay. I only did it for my business. Okay. Initially. Okay. But then what I did was I created one for 40 separate industries. Oh, okay. So I have one for uh, cooking, you know, the people in the restaurant, the work in the cooks in the back. I have one for... Uh, 
lawn care. I have one for landscaping. I have one for plumbing. I have one for roofing. I have one for architecture. I have one for engineering. Mm, I, I have solar industry. We'll put all the list in the show notes so everybody can find it out. And okay, perfect. So, uh, and I would like to ask you at this point, is there anything missing in the story? Or we can jump well, we can jump to the next question no i I don't think so. I mean, we've pretty much described what uh what is going on with uh with the programs and uh what they are. I mean, I haven't given you the name of them or the website yet, but I'm assuming that might be in the next question hmm. uh, that will be the question at the end, but I want to ask you uh who are your customers today, and how do you uh reach them? who is using yep. your uh, your venture? So right now we're just now launching okay it, it it took a very long time to get it to where it's at because we had to go write uh 40 books <laughs> sure I mean that's not an easy most people talk about writing a book in a year sure we wrote 40 of them yeah uh, and then it needed to be branded and I hired a professional corporate branding company to do that and branding companies move very very slowly mm-hmm. they they do public polls and You know public opinion polls to find out what people like and colors are a big deal and fonts are a big deal and they just move really 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 slow um, but uh, it's, it's it's essentially done now uh, the website is live the only thing that needs to be done to the website is the cash register is not correct at the moment um, you know when you go to check out yeah. um, but other than that I mean we've got a team answering the phones the website is up again it's hard to check out of the thing at the moment because the price is right you could actually buy something if you wanted to but I don't want you to because the price is wrong um, sure so actually uh, you've been entrepreneur first time uh, when you when you actually uh, established your first company and then you've changed it and become somehow of entrepreneur and made it for yourself and actually invented a new way of working with yes. employees and this was the second time and now you You are becoming an empl- in a entrepreneur for the third time and you are actually um, transferring to, to transfer it to all over the world isn't it yes well it's actually an entrepreneur for a lot more than that because I started a whole bunch of businesses from the time that I started that first construction company branches off you know like I said we had a architectural firm painting firm residential sure. construction firm so sure I've been an entrepreneur restart now it's not I don't restart because everything is all initially based off that original construction yeah, company it, which yeah. still exists to this day but uh, yeah you have to go out and do the same things so you got to you know get your letterhead and you know put yourself out online and market yourself and hire employees and you know you're starting a whole new business it is a you know in a lot of ways it's a start over a lot of the things that You know someone who's experienced like myself might take you know for granted still need to be done mm. same things you know someone who's just starting from scratch would have to do except you know I've done them so many times I'm blind to it you know I just I could just do a blindfold sure and you know this podcast is all about customer focused and marketing and sales for entrepreneurs and I want to ask you what would be your best advice? To our listeners, to entrepreneurs around everything that has to do with marketing and sales and customer focus, how should they treat their customers? Hmm. Well, so I am a little bit different than uh, probably anybody you've ever had on a podcast <laughs> before. 
um, I would advise them that if it's just them, okay, if it's just them and they don't have any employees, they need to be customer focused. If they have employees though, they need not worry about the customer. Your, your focus should be on the employee. Interesting. Let your employees focus on your customer. Because if you're focused on the customer and the employees focused on the customer, then who's focused on the employee? Sure. Nobody. I know the most important thing in the company. So the only thing I want you to worry about is them. Hmm. You worry about them. Wake up every single day and worry about what else can I do for my employees the same way you would if you were worried about a customer. Sure. We spend all kinds of time talking about, well, how can I market myself to get more customers? How come nobody talks about how can I market myself to get more employees? Hmm. We put a sign up and say, help wanted. Yeah, actually, it's a question that comes up quite a lot when we're talking about technology because there are a lot of problems today and there are a lot of challenges today with finding the good technological people to your staff. So it's a question that we've been hearing quite often. Through the entire uh, working years, you were also actually working with customers or with employees that worked with customers. And I want to ask you about the biggest failure, the most critical failure with customers that you as a company had, the one that really affected your entrepreneurial journey in the past. Absolutely. It is the same answer. It's the same answer I just gave. Okay. I was focused on the customer. I was not focused on the employee. And because of that reason, I lost hundreds of employees. I understand. I wasn't paying attention to them. I was paying attention to the customer. I'm telling you, it might be in the thousands of employees. Of good employees. I understand. Yep. And Because I'm not focused on it. I'm focused on the customer. I was focused on the wrong thing. I should have empowered my employees to help my employees focus on my customers. Hmm. If they follow things up and they're good, honest, ethical people and they're team players, what do I have to worry about? Wow. So if I'll ask you the next question, which is all about the biggest success, the story of your biggest, greatest, most significant success, I guess it will be about the shift that you've done with your employees. So can you, <laughs> so can you tell us something about that? Some you know, some interesting things that happened once you've changed your attitude and started to focus on your employees. Yes. So first of all, my, in my own company, my life changed because even just following something, some things up, right? So as an example, getting materials to a job site, yeah. okay, oftentimes that would become my responsibility because nobody else is available to do it, right? So I would have to call and say, okay, we need you know, 800 studs, 300 sheets of drywall, you know, whatever it may be. A foreman would call me on the job site and say, we're going to run out of material. So we need more, right? When I implemented this, I never have to make that call ever again. Hmm. That call gets made for me because they're following things up because they're team players. But the biggest win out of that isn't what I did for my own company. It's what I can do for other companies. I am going to change the way employees and employers interact. And if I have it my way, I'm going to do it on a global scale. Wow, it sounds great. You know, there are many things that affect our success. But I do believe that any manager, any successful entrepreneur has 
one major factor that helps them to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your key success factor? What really helped you to succeed? It's the hardest, it's the hardest one. It's the one nobody wants to hear because nobody wants to do it. Very few people want to do this, but this is it. I accept accountability and responsibility for everything, for everything. If this, if this podcast does not go well, that's my fault. Hmm. Let's see what's better. I do not deflect blame on anybody. It always comes back to me. And I try to do the best at everything I can possibly do because I don't want to be responsible for a failure. Hmm. I want to be responsible for a win. So I accept accountability and responsibility for everything. And it's very hard for human beings to do that. They don't like doing it. They don't, they don't want to be responsible. They don't want to be accountable. But when you do that, when you say, okay, I'm accountable and I'm responsible for everything, yeah. then you, you put out your best work. And when you put out your best work, you get trophies. And when your trophies come in, those trophies are money. Hmm. And that's how you win. So I think that from the willingness to actually take the responsibility and the liability of everything, actually to change this trust towards your employees, it's not easy because now you have to trust them to do everything. Right. But if you're dealing with good human beings mm-hmm. <laughs> who are team players, who follow things up, right? I mean, they're worried about bringing in sales. They understand they're important. Yeah. They're pushing to do more. Uh, where's your fear? Your, your fear should be if this person's not a team player. Your fear should be if this person is a drug user sure. or is a liar or is untrustworthy. Or your fear should be this person doesn't follow things up. But if they are, in fact, doing these six things, why are you afraid to let it go? Hmm. They might come back and want more money. Give it to them. Great. Great answer. Here's, here's something I would like to say since we're on marketing, though. Yeah. Something that I would like to say to your listeners is this two, two things that I would highly advise as far as marketing your business goes. And this is whether you're new or whether you've been in the game for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In your niche, get famous. That should be your focus. Wake up every single day and say, I need to be famous. What else can I do to be famous? And if it's famous in your niche, The reason that helps you is because people are lazy. Hmm. They don't want to do homework. They want to go with what they already know. And if they know of you, they'll they'll go to you. That's why when you see someone, as an example, they're a realtor and they run TV ads in their market and they become a household name. Everybody knows who that person is. The reason they know that is because nobody had to go do any research on them. It got brought to them. And the next question, people, when I say, when they tell people you need to get famous, they're going to say, well, what do I have to do to get famous? Sure. And I am going to tell them whatever it takes. <laughs> Those are the only two things you need. It's, it's a grand total, a grand total of five words is everything you need in marketing. Number one, get famous. That's two words. Hmm. Number three, whatever it takes. That's three more words. Five Hmm. words, get famous, whatever it takes, because he who does that wins. Hmm. I thank you so much for this very interesting and I must say different way of thinking. I think it has been a very special interview with very different point of view on things. 
and sure. I love that. And we will have in the show notes of this interview all the links to everything that our listeners might want to hear or learn about. What is the best way to contact you or to be in touch with you for any of our entrepreneurs that yeah. are interested in what you're offering or want to ask you something? Perfect. What is the best way to do that? So, so I, and whether this is something that they're into or not, I don't know. But I believe in give first and get back. I don't believe in giving back. Because when I sat at my kitchen table in 1999, there was nobody there. It was just me. I'm not giving back to anybody because nobody gave to me. But what I will do is I will give first and I will get back. That resonates very well with me. I like that a lot. I want to get back because I gave so much. So based on that theory, I created a group on Facebook called John Hopper's Business School. And the theory behind the book or behind the group is we're going to help entrepreneurs who want to come up with no, with nothing in return for doing it. It's yeah. a free school. So what the school consists of is students who want to learn and it consists of teachers who've already been there. Okay. And so a student will jump in and say, Hey, I need to market my business. And 15 people jump on that post and say, I'm in your exact same industry. And here's what I would do. And then they're talking to the owner of the business. They have direct access to them. So it's from coming from a place of giving. Yeah. You know, we don't, like one, one, one of the people in there is a confidence coach. So a lot of people lack confidence. So she's a confidence coach. So she doesn't go in there and say, hey, if anybody needs help with confidence, you know, reach out to me and I'll help you. She went in there the other day and she posted, here's the top 10 things you can do to build your confidence today for free. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> That's sure. what I'm looking for. So it's called John Hopper's Business School. And if any of your listeners would like to join it, it's completely free. If you're a teacher and you think you have value to add to it, we'd love to have you. If you're a student just coming up and you have questions you'd like to ask or you just want to be associated with successful people, come on in there. I mean, right now, I think we're pushing uh, 500 members, but I honestly believe it'll get to 100,000 members. That's great. And we'll put the link to this free business school group in the show notes. Yes. I would like to thank you so much for being here with us. Good. I'm glad I was on. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much, John. Have a great new year and take care. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you. Got it. Goodbye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.